luxury is one of the most exciting spaces that we see because we really don't believe luxury circular shopping has been done well yet. And when it is, we believe that that will actually elevate these brands because they tap into such a rich heritage of these pieces. Hi, I'm Matt Rubel and welcome to Retails from the Frontline. I'm in Dallas and we're here with Andy Rubin, who is in San Francisco. We're into really learning today about something really fascinating and different. And that is what we'd call circular shopping, a thing that we're very intrigued with in the world. And that is the recycling of things and the reuse of things and being good to our economy. Andy has a long career, um, which really um, had a tremendous base where he ran all private brands at Walmart, which is a small little $27 billion business. But even more importantly, he reported to the CEO of Walmart and really worked on ESG, which is all of the environmental issues that the largest retailer in the world ended up impacting or could impact positively. And that really shaped Andy's life in a way that led him to creating a company called Trove. And so Welcome, Andy. Thank you for having me. We're excited to be with you. And uh, I know you had to get up a little earlier than I did, um, relatively speaking, at least. But um, we're happy to have you here. Tell me, what is circular shopping? Yeah, in its simplest form, circular shopping is making use, as you think about the items that you want, realizing that there likely is that item or a better item down the block that we can make more use, we can trade in the items we no longer need, hand them back to a retailer, a brand, send them in, and that um, that other people can find those items uh, as easily as they can shop for something new, allowing them to save money, uh, finding an item they might not have been able to afford otherwise, and like you mentioned, have uh, a lot less footprint in the world. So a lot less footprint. So basically it's making things have great access um, quality goods that others have worn prior um, and things that they get access to. So is, is this different than platforms like, you know, the real real or ThreadUp? What, what makes Trove different? So uh, those, platforms, um, those platforms are brands themselves. They are retailers. They're building their own brand to do what we call circular shopping. What makes Trove different is that... Um, the brands that we all know that we've known for years, they are losing customers to these platforms you mentioned, like the Real Real, ThreadUp, et cetera. And they're losing those customers because, especially younger customers, shop in different ways. And they are interested in what we're talking about, circular shopping. It requires all kinds of capabilities to make that happen. What Trove does is provide those capabilities 100% white label to the brands and retailers who, um, who are losing these customers, who are interested in staying relevant to how customers are shopping and, and partaking in this circular economy themselves. So you're really taking um, consumer needs and consumer desires, i.e. I want to shop with my favorite brands, as opposed to go to a separate store or a separate place about these things. And you're bringing it right into that store itself. That's right. And these are brands that we have shopped with, retailers we've shopped with for years. We trust them. They know the products better than anyone. Uh, the, risk of, um, the risk of fake products, much lower. 
the experience is better, and it's frankly just easier to shop with these brands, especially when we've got access to um, to the things that to the things that we already appreciate and love. So, how are consumers kind of adapting to this new way of shopping? I mean, how big is this marketplace? Is it still small? I mean, is it something that's worthwhile for the retailer to have their own trove-like shop, white labeled or whatever, where you can go in and get your own, you know, your favorite pair of five hundred ones that you know were vintage from twenty years ago, but it's not a vintage shop; it's really a recycled shop. Um, you know, how big is that market, and, and is it worthwhile for the retailer at this point? Yeah, it's um, circular shopping is the fastest growing channel in retail today. It is currently believed to be about $32 billion in the US. It's expected to double to $62 billion over the next five years. And it includes aspects such as rental, resale. um, And when you look at the $30 billion of growth coming in the next five years, 24 of the 30 is expected to be resale. So of the circular economy, a majority of this, uh, a majority of this is resale, where a brand will buy back or give you a gift card or cash for their item that you're no longer using. You can put that gift card toward the item that you're looking for. And then they resell that item to a, a, typically a new customer who aspires to the brand, but might not have been able to afford that brand. And so when you look at that and, uh, you know, you, you think about it, what's the, you know, best way for a, a retailer to go about engaging in putting something like this forward to its consumer? The most, the most important thing for any brand or retailer is the brand themselves. So just like you would think about certified pre-owned Lexus, right, or, uh, you know, in the, um, in the high-end car market. If you're going to buy a certified pre-owned Lexus from a Lexus dealer, what Lexus has to make sure is that they have certified or stand behind that Lexus as as, um, as maintaining or kind of um, representing the brand. And that's why they'll say, you know, they'll do 240 points inspections. You buy it like from the lot. You can get your maintenance done at the dealer. You drive it back if there are any problems. The brand has to stand behind it. So if you're if you're a brand watching this market grow, the growth we just talked about, and you want to be in that market, the most important thing is that you do it in a way that's going to uphold and what we've even seen from the brands we work with, even um, elevate the brand itself. So really, you know, in terms of the brands taking charge with this and taking control of their own resale platform versus having others do it. It validates authenticity, and at the same time, it you know gives customer trust because the world is so big. I mean, there's bootleg product out there. There's so many different things out there. Um, is is that part of the thesis here? Absolutely, because nobody can nobody can do this as well as the brand. We work with work with probably eighty five percent of the brands out there doing these incredible brands like Patagonia, Levi's, um, REI, Eileen Fisher. And what we see when brands do this right is they, they tap into what the brand is about. So Patagonia, for example, will, um, you know, really, really taps into circular shopping as a way to change the way we consume, right? Making use of these high quality products. 
when you send an item back to Patagonia, you have the opportunity to tell the story about the item. And that will be done differently than a Levi's that makes use of um, the heritage of that brand, the longstanding heritage, the history um, of what that brand is about. Only, only a brand can really do this as part of the brand. When you're talking about brands, how, how does resale like this differ for a luxury brand like Gucci, for instance, versus you know the apparel brands like Levi's or others that you've you've mentioned as well. Yeah, so it's a it's a great point because again, this has to be done. If you're a brand, it, this is this is your brand, right? Your products, the products that you sell, the way that customers experience your brand is no longer just about the new products that are out there. They're also about the secondary market, as we mentioned in the growth. So if you're REI, it might be about getting outdoors, right? And it might be a more transactional experience where if you want to upgrade um, a tent or a sleeping bag, you can walk back into the co-op, you get a gift card, you can, you can then uh, use that gift card toward you know, what, what you might need now. If you're a brand like Gucci, it might be tapping into something that really is about the history of the brand or something unique that only... You know, only Gucci can provide when you bring back an item. It might be um, access to early access to new design or new product or an inside look. It's something only the company can provide. So every brand will do this differently. Uh, luxury is one of the most exciting, exciting spaces that we see because we really don't believe luxuries, luxury circular shopping has been done well yet. And when it is, we believe that that will actually elevate these brands because they tap into such a rich heritage of these of these pieces. So it's good for the planet. It's you know good for the retailer um, because it it controls and validates their their brand. And it's oh by the way the fastest growing category of merchandise, i.e. the circular you know economy over the next five years. So. Why? Why would a retailer, what's the biggest challenge in getting retailers, you know, to accept this and make this a part of, you know, their offer in store? Sure. The two, the two that we hear most often, one is just prioritization. Retailers and brands have a lot going on right now. They're still uh, feeling, the, feeling the change in the pressure of e-commerce. Um, COVID has introduced a range of supply chain topics, amongst others store versus online, uh, being more customer-centric. And so the first, the first reason is just priority and finding the time and resourcing, which is another reason that we have, we have found really solid market fit with brands because we offer a lot of that um, hand-holding and help for a brand who wants to be in this space. They know they've got to be in the space, but they might not know the, um, the first four or five decisions and the ones after that and how to move um, how to move into this space in a way that's really going to work for the brand. The second that we we also hear is a concern around cannibalization. So if a brand uh, is going to sell a used item next to a new item, is the customer that would have bought new going to move over and, and buy um, a pre-owned item? And for all the data, and we've got millions of data points at this point, we really see very little of that. So there's a school of thought that says, there's no choice, right? That if you 
if you are, the, the only choice is whether you are going to offer this and cannibalize yourself or allow someone else to do it, a third party. We, um, just like e-commerce, we actually haven't seen that. We've seen that when a brand moves in this, when a brand moves into the pre-owned space, they actually end up picking considerably, they end up picking up new customers that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten. We see their existing customers who come in to purchase new, continue to purchase new. In other words, most of those customers who in their mind are coming to that brand uh, to purchase new are, are still following that behavior. And the key drivers are convenience, price. I would assume that the price is you know, somewhat lower. You know, and at the same time, the validation of the brand. I mean, you come back to it, it makes a lot of sense. It's pretty logical. And the fact that you have the data to prove it is 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 not surprising. I go to the, you know, the the Mercedes dealership or the BMW dealership or Ford or whatever, and I go there and they've got new and they've got used. So why would why would normal apparel retailers even have a challenge kind of understanding that, oh my God. The biggest and fastest part of the, you know, car business and most profitable part of the car business is actually the used cars. Why would that even cause them pause? Yeah, it's we we've just seen it with, um, you know, we've just seen it with e-commerce. E-commerce. If you look at e-commerce from 2000 to 2009, the growth of e-commerce was staggering. Yet it was very difficult for brands and retailers to make the shift. Ultimately, as you realize the growth of re-commerce or circular shopping. The shift is just as significant. In fact, the growth rate of e-commerce or circular shopping is like for like over the same 10-year period. We're at year six right now on that same period if you go back to the growth. In other words, the growth of e-commerce, just as significant, just as disruptive. And we are seeing the same patterns where it's difficult for brands and retailers to see this sea change of how customers shop and take advantage of it. When they do, they have tremendous benefit. And yet it feels like it, it is either companies lead off the front or they're in the back, right? It's very hard to be, you know, it's, it's very hard to wait for a trend to happen and then jump on. So we, we are seeing a lot more interest right now. I think people are understanding the seismic shift going on in retail. Well, they had that same conversation years ago about outlet stores, you know, versus regular price stores. So it's uh, it's the same thing. And and in fact, you know, I you know know that you know a lot of the consumers end up with personal stories off of you know buying things, you know, you know that have been in circular shopping. Maybe talk a little bit about that, and and also the very cool denim shirt that you have on. Did you buy that new, or did you buy that in the Kind of the circular um, uh, shopping method. Yeah, this is. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to mention the brand, but this is uh, this is a shirt of a, a brand that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to purchase. So, I got this particular shirt off of uh, off of the Real Real, and it's it's a great example as you think about the customer shift. That you know what um, as the Real Real, which is an example of one of these third party marketplaces that. That brands are losing share to, right? That retailers are losing traffic to. Um, it's taken my business away from uh, from malls. It's taken my business away from the J. Crews and the Banana Republics because I can afford with the same money I would have bought a uh, Banana Republic shirt for or a J. Crews shirt. I can now afford a much um, a much higher end brand for that same money. And after you know a year. Six months when, uh, you know, on average, we, we wear items less, far less right now. I can hand it back 
to uh, to maybe the brand, to maybe the site, and it holds most of its value, just like a, just like a high end car. And this is what is um, it's one of the things that is so striking, I would say, about my personal behavior. When you start to make this shift, when you start to realize that by, you know, this is what young customers are doing. When you realize that you can buy higher end brands now that you wouldn't have been able to afford before, you realize that the brands, that the items, you know, if it is a Tom Ford shirt, it's just a nicer shirt. And you rarely want to go back, right? And so as you make this behavioral shift, you end up, um, you end up with, uh, with appreciation of a brand you wouldn't have gotten to experience before. And 65 to 70% of customers on a brand like Patagonia who are, buying, who are buying used have never bought directly from Patagonia before. So if you're a brand and you're not thinking about this, if, if you're not thinking about how you stand behind your items and you yourself are reselling your own items, you're letting someone else do it, you're missing this massive benefit of bringing new customers into your brand. And when they're in your brand, your ability to keep them loyal by allowing them to hand their item back to you for a gift card so they can upgrade or buy the next item is one of the most incredible loyalty drivers I'm aware of, right? And so this is what we're talking about with circular shopping. And it's, it's, um, it's an opportunity that wasn't available before digital in the same way that it is now. It wasn't available before, um, before younger generations of customers realize this is just a smarter way to shop. But it is now and brains that don't take advantage of it are just going to be left behind. Andy, this holiday, do you think uh, what's going to happen with this holiday with circular shopping? Yeah, I expect this holiday will continue the trend we've seen, which is increasingly people are buying used, um, used items as gifts. And they are doing it based on the footprint. They're doing it based on being able to, um, to afford or gift um, an aspirational brand that they might not have gifted otherwise. And this is one of the trends in retail that has honestly completely surprised me. Uh, three or four years ago, I would have not expected that people would have been gifting pre-owned items in the way that they are today. So the best new holiday gift this year that's going to be trending is the used, but pre-owned, thoughtfully curated gift coming to you in, in a new way. So who would have thought that? That shows um, the smart and effective retailer uh, as well as the concerned and thoughtful consumer. So my final question to you is, what are you hearing from the brands that you actually work with? What are they saying? Yeah, it's, we, we see the same thing again and again. Brands start working with us and as they, as they tap into this, they realize how big it is. Levi's had over a billion impressions just launching um, what they're calling secondhand Levi's. Patagonia is publicly stated this will be 10%, um, 10% of their sales. REI talks about, uh, Eric Arts, the CEO of REI, talks about a future where more than half of items come from other members of the co-op. It's a big deal for brands, and they're taking it seriously. Thank you, Andy Rubin, for joining us all the way from San Francisco um, today to learn about circular shopping, Trove, a way that can unlock your great and um, the important brands um, and bring that certified pre-owned um, product to you. And, and I love the fact that it's no supply chain. I used to say, 
the best supply chain was a fast one um, and the shortest supply chain. And now we've gone down to no supply chain. So with Retail from the Front Lines, I'm Matt Rubel. And again, we bring you the insights on retail that you can't find anywhere else. Thank you for joining us.